If you have been waiting for a sign to make your dreams a reality, then this podcast is for you. I'm so stoked to have this my this man come on board to this podcast show. Hemming, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Patty. So you are the number one Australian table tennis player in this current moment. And if I'm not mistaken, ranked 66 in the world. Yeah, the, f- the first part about uh, Aussie number one is true. Uh, yeah. 66 in the world was my was my highest at one point. But with restrictions in, in Australia now, I haven't been able to play as many tournaments. And I think I'm down, I'm back in the 100s. But yeah. no, it's a good ranking anyway. Okay, beautiful. Um, you go by the name of Hugh Dog and Hugh Man, right? <laughs> That's what I heard. I did. I did when I was uh, back in my back in my teens. Yeah, I go. I go more of um, uh, Huey now. Huey. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so much to cover. Like we have so much things in common, and I can't wait to share it. You know, being it's very rare that I get to speak to or like hear someone being number one in their passion and actually living it and actually living it right now. So tell me what it's like. Do you have a lot of pressure holding that, that, that number one status? Um, yeah. What does that feel like? That's a great question. That's a fantastic question. Cause um, now I'm just getting this influx of thoughts and no, it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a very good feeling. And funny enough, how we met is actually through, um, through a company that builds confidence, builds up more mm-hmm. confidence. Right. And the head coach of that actually said, a lot of people who are, who are the best at what they do, they're actually really good, but they, in their head, they're still chasing way more and they rationalize themselves to be pretty average. And um, every time someone tells me, oh, you're the number one in Australia, you're, you're amazing. Personally, it's always felt like, eh, uh, really, is it? But when I look at things in perspective, it's like the, the amount of sacrifices and hard work that I've had to make it pays off, has paid off in the end. And now, nowadays I am reaping those benefits. But um, at the same time, it's like to get to that point, you're always got to be, you got to be the sort of person that's always, um, you know, we talked about right before this, we talked about video games and how you, um, in your journey, you got, you, you sort of reached your goals, but it was like leveling up in a video game. You reach a goal and you, you automatically see the goal that's ahead. Yeah. And you didn't see that when you were chasing the previous goal. So that's kind of, that's exactly sort of how it feels like, um, you yeah, through my journey in ping pong. Mm, that's really interesting. And um, another like interesting fact is like, when you are so focused in one area of your life, you mentioned sacrifice, right? Yeah. Um, what's that been like for you in other areas of your life? Do you feel like because you've been at a high level for such a long time, <laughs> you're at a point where there's other things in your life that you got to, you know, build up as well. Yeah. It's a, that, that's a really good, um, a really good question there. Cause as a, like a lot of people, when they think of professional, like full-time professional athletes, they automatically just, you know, assume that, Oh my God, he's a full-time athlete. He must get paid millions. And as someone who's actually a sub substitute school teacher, it's funny because when the kids actually realize that I've been to the Olympics and stuff, they especially the year sevens the younger ones are like oh my god so uh, do you park a lamborghini outside our, our school today and i'm just like uh no i couldn't afford one so a lot of people just don't know better and they assume that all professional athletes are paid huge amounts of money but look even in high profile sports it's only the top let's say 100 out of a million people that 
are on the professional tour, for example. Probably not a million, but a huge bunch. So tennis, you probably have a top 100 amount of players and men and female that get paid huge bucks. But then there's so many thousands that are trying to compete for that spot. And in table tennis, you probably have top 50 in the world, top 30 in the world getting paid huge bucks. Then you got like also not as much as tennis, but still thousands of people trying to trying to compete for that. So in a sense, it's been um, it's been very satisfying ticking off, being able to achieve all the goals that um, I had as a kid. You know, as a kid, I was watching like guys like Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, and you know, like some of the great soccer players like Ronaldo back in um, Brazilian Ronaldo. Mm. And I'm just like, I'd love to be on TV one day. I'd love to be in the Olympics. I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. And those are all childhood dreams, right? But then, as as I start to achieve them as an adult, and I, it feels a little different because because you know the work that you put into it, you know, you start to see yourself getting incrementally closer and closer to those goals. Once you achieve those goals, it's a, it's, it's like a, it's like a surreal, unbelievable, but you know, satisfying feeling. And um, having achieved the goals that you set out as a kid, there is that satisfaction there. But then as you start to achieve those goals, as a human, you realize that you're capable of even more and more. You always, you always ask that question okay, what am I capable of now? Like mm. what's next? So you're always, you're always, you're always on that chase. What's the pinnacle for you in your, uh, in this journey of yours being like in table tennis, the pinnacle. That, that's a good question because like a lot of people would just automatically assume that I'd make, I'd say the Olympics and I'd say in a way, the Olympics. Yes. That is the it's once every four years for table tennis, which is a, a lower profile sport. It, it is, it is the pinnacle of table tennis, but it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily the achievement that makes me um, feel the most, feel all the sacrifices I've made, feel all the pressure that I had to go through. It is one of them, but there's also winning the national, winning being Australian singles champion. Mm. Because in perspective, to make the Olympic Games in for Team Australia, you just you need you need to be in the top three in that specific year. But to win a national singles championship, you need to win every match without losing one. So that's bloody hard. And, um, and and also like some of the grand slams that I've been to, they where I've where it's literally been one guy from Australia, and um, you know four from Europe or six from Europe, six from Asia, and I'm literally mingling with my childhood idols. Like those those are also experiences that are different to the Olympics, but at least just as special. Mm. Um, watching, I know you're a big tennis fan, so they if they're trying to promote like an Australian Open or they're trying to promote. The next, the next match, they usually show highlight reels of like amazing um, emotional moments of one person's career. Could be like a Federer versus Nadal and Federer goes down to his knee, starts crying. Like for you, like when you have that moment, um, describe that to me, like like getting to that point of like, I, I worked so hard for this and I, I finally achieved that. What is, many people in life don't get to like feel this, you know? um describe that to me like how does that feel and what's that what's that moment like for you yeah that look that one is um that one's been different throughout my whole career as i was a kid and i i had a great junior career in australia i won under 13 boy singles at the same at the same year i was the under 15 boy singles champion as well and it's like growing up from that growing up from that sort of um background people were like okay this guy is going to be the next big thing and, and this is not, not to say that people are bad or anything, but people don't quite understand the journey because not many people are in the position itself. So naturally, they don't quite understand. So when you're younger and you're, 
you're more free spirited, you have less of these uh, internal dialogues, uh, you've got less things that you're worrying about in life. As a kid, you just want to, you just want to do live, you, you live, yeah. I think kids live a bit more in the moment. Yeah. And um, that, that's a, that's a general good trait of them that I'm trying to do more as an adult. Um, but obviously still take the wisdom and experience that you have as, a, as an adult. But as a kid, you're winning, you're winning all these titles, people are giving you praise, you, you start to challenge some of the top guys uh, that you're looking up to. And if you lose, but you did, you put in a good effort, people will say, okay, it's, you did well, man. you did well, you'll get it next time or in the future, you will be this. And then as you start to make that shift to become, you know, top three, top five, top three in Australia, top two, top one, that's when it's different. You know, you start to, you start to, you win big titles and it's a big deal when, when guys like Federer, Djokovic and Nadal win those grand slams. So many people just, just say, oh, well, he should have won anyway. But then you don't understand that, they don't understand that the, 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 sap, the sort of pressures that they were going through, um, the doubts that they were going through during that period of time, because it's, it's extremely nerve wracking. Because as an adult, you're more aware, you're more, um, you've got more internal dialogue as well. So you're also, you're not coming into the matches. As, it's harder to come into the matches thinking, if I'm just going to try my hardest and whatever happens. You're more thinking, okay, well, I can lose to this guy or I can win. It all depends on these one or two points, which is, which is definitely the case in, in sport, which makes it so interesting and hard. Because if you knew who the winner was, people wouldn't really watch as much. The excitement and tension would be out. Um, and because you, because as an athlete, you know that it's those one or two point differences that, uh, that can determine the match. Mm. You're always on guard, even before, before the match is actually worse. That's, that's when you get all these anxious feelings. You can't sleep. And adrenaline gets you through the day and you feel in your subconscious mind, your, your body, it's just, it's such an uncomfortable feeling. So, so much tension. I read and somewhere those, that you loved it. What's that? I read somewhere that you actually love those feelings. I, I hated it <laughs> as I was starting to become top five, top three, top two, top one in Australia. I hated it because I had these pre mindsets that if I lose, this guy's going to say that, that guy's going to say that. Um, people are not going to think I'm as good, and I'm, and I want to prove to I want to prove that I am the number one or two or three or whatever I thought I was. Um, but as I started to deal with it more and go through failure and go through oh, anyway, what the world sees as failure, as I started to go through learning or wins or or experiences where I learned, mm. I started to realize that this stuff's actually great. This stuff's actually exciting because if if I lived without it, I would just wake up every day without um, without those butterflies in my stomach. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be exciting. I just know what happens next, and the thrill would be out. Mm. So yeah, when 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 these top guys in every sport win those moments, it's like a huge burden off their back, and um and people don't see people can't see what's in their internal dialogue because mm. they've also sacrificed so much, they've invested so much into all that, and and there's always everyone has ego. I don't care what people say, everyone has ego, and everyone has things that they believe they're entitled to. So it's like we're battling that too. Mm. And, and you pre pre-match you know if you lose if, if you don't win you know you'll be very disappointed in yourself and it's like throughout the match you still have to put that aside and be present and try and like um yeah just just focus on focus on the task at hand so mm. it's conquering all these things that um that you know that is actually more special than the trophy and, and status itself on mm. almost all the time and when it comes to competitive sports, it's kind of impossible not to have an ego. You're trying to beat the other person. The other person's trying to beat you. And if you're being all humble and like throughout the whole match, you're going to get destroyed, right? Like that ego is what drives you, what, can, what makes you competitive, what makes you try to be the best. 
Now, do you feel um, that here's a big question. So do you feel like having an ego and being happy at the same time, can they coexist? I think they, co I think they can coexist. I think, I think there's a big difference between being a big mouth and a confident person. I think there's a big difference between being, and this relates to life. This, this is a, this is a superb question that like relates to life, not just ping pong, because people often get the wrong idea. I've done it. And I'm sure many other people have done it. It's like in dating, you know, a lot of the bad boys get the girls because they're confident, right? And then people just assume, and I've done it too. Um, people just assume that to get girls, you have to be a bad boy. Mm. And, um, and and you do see a lot of confident guys. Often, some guys can be a bit dickish. They can be a bit. They can be a bit of an asshole, but they can believe in themselves and have really big egos, and they can win matches over the guy who's a little bit, or, or the girl who's a little bit too soft, who's, who lacks self belief, is full of self doubt. Uh, full of internal dialogue that isn't good and um, cares, cares, puts other people's opinions a little bit, um, gives it too much value. And we've all done that. But I mean, I think, I think there is a great balance where it's like, I know who I am. I know where I'm heading. And I know that, I know that this is just another um, learning experience along the way. If I win, great. I know I can. You have to believe that you can win because that literally, if you don't believe you can win, our minds are funny like that. It sounds so cliche when people say, if you believe you can win, you're halfway there. But it's actually so true because there's so many matches where I, I'm not nervous because I don't believe I can beat the guy. I've assimilated like he's world number one, I'm world number whatever. I just can't beat him. And you might lose because of the skill thing, but the belief is a huge part of it. It's like, if you don't believe you can win, you might get up to juice in the, in the in a, in a, any set. And then your mind is just going to like miss these balls you should miss. It's going to sort of find its way to you're going to find your own way to lose. Whereas if you believe you should win this match, you, you won't, you won't hesitate at that close moment and those close moments to, to have that conviction. Mm. At the same time, I think too much ego helps uh, too much ego gives you that. It causes you to lose matches that you shouldn't because you can really dismiss some people that you really need to be respecting. So Answers, yeah. That answers the question. yeah that's a great um i don't know if it was buddha that says if you think you can or you think you're you can't you're usually right um and it's a fine line of like there's so many high level athletes like conor mcgregor mike tyson that went in so over the top disrespect the other opponent didn't care for their fighting skills because they're on top of the world it's kind of like they're on cloud nine and they don't know where their feet are uh and then like mike tyson says everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face and everything that you thought was real goes out the window. And I, I love that the, the, um, I love what you said about belief, you know, has there been a time in your life where you've had so much belief, but you've lost? Oh, I would say on a deeper level. No. Um, I mean, some of the guys that we see, like the McGregor's they're, they're great for a laugh as well. And they're great for entertainment, but that's what it is. Right. Like, like the way they are talking before the matches is to generate money. And what the media and society puts out is like, I realize now as an adult, you just got to take that with a grain of salt. You really can't be going because my parents, they're champions, but they do the same. They see what they see on TV mm -hmm. and they just believe every single word of it. And, and as guys, as, as guys, we also do the same. We, we believe what we, whatever we see on TV to be real. Mm -hmm. And um, if I've truly had deep belief, I've never lost a match because of that. But I've, mm -hmm. I, let's say, let's say if I come into a match and, I, I don't really respect the opponent to how much he deserves, right? And then I, I act as if I'm too good to lose. Deep down, though, deep down, that's a fear of... I, I'm fearing losing. 
Um, and and that I reckon that means that I don't I don't really have the belief that I can just be I should just be this guy. Mm. So there's a big difference there. Okay, so how do you bounce back from actual loss? Like, say you wanted this, um, like, say you wanted this so bad, and you you know you lost a I lost a game. Um, you got bounced that early. How do you recover from that? Like, what does that do to the ego? What does that do to your belief system? How do you bounce back? This is this is a deep one because this is where a lot of people just quit, not just in table tennis, in in business, in in life, in in, um, in whatever it is, in anything. So signing up for anything, whether it's becoming a great table tennis player, or whether it's becoming a great soccer player, or whether it's becoming a, a successful businessman, right, or, or whatever, I think a lot of people have to understand that you know, there's going to be a lot of loss on, there's going to be a lot of, um, along the way, there's going to be a lot of results that don't go your way. That's the reality. It's like, I mean, who? I'm sure a lot of people have heard the phrase, it's a numbers game. I mean, it's also like, I, I can, I can, I've told a lot of my table tennis students that I coach, the world number one in table tennis has lost a lot of matches. He's lost a shit ton of matches. Yeah. But you know, like, obviously they're higher quality matches than what the club level player plays but that guy has had to go through the journey just like anyone else he's had to he's had to just like me as well he's had to go through a lot of losses a lot of wins and um and we've had to understand and sometimes it can be a painful understanding that those losses actually they hurt in the moment and they should because if, if you didn't care about the loss I see humans as being driven by either by pleasure and pain. So when the pain's great enough to do something, you'll do it. You'll, you'll say, I don't want this pain. I want to avoid it at all costs. So I will, I will do it. Unfortunately, a lot of people to, to avoid the pain, they just stop the activity, which mm. is, which is like a cop out. And um, it doesn't build your resilience. It doesn't build your, your fortitude, your strength, your, your ability to um, build confidence and persistence in life. So I think, I think, you know, the other one is pleasure. Seeing that positive result is important too, because then, then you see a, a purpose to doing it. Like if, if I saw no purpose, no, no, if I saw no, what's the word? Uh, if I saw no, no possible pleasure to playing table tennis, then fuck it. I'm not going to do it. Right. Mm. But I, I also, people have to understand that along the way it's, it's both it's pleasure and pain. And, mm. and you've got to, the, the pain is eventually you'll be able to switch the pain with a positive mindset that it's, it's a learning experience. Mm. It's a great learning experience. And the pleasure is, is pleasure. Everyone loves that. So mm. that that's not the thing that people escape from anyway. Wow. That was really, I'm like, yeah, that's so great to hear from you. Um, that is right. Like lots of people are driven by pain or pleasure. That's why we sign up to things that we don't think is going to help us, but we don't want to deal with the pain that we're going through now. So we like, sign me up let me do it you know that's the reason why most of the people come to the gym and start training i'm like i'm so overweight i am so lazy i've totally lost myself i need to do something and the pleasure of maybe i can like find my feet and find a job that i really love or maybe i can dump that person that's holding me down i have the courage to have that conversation um and it's it's either to get away from like you said pain or get more pleasure that's really cool what what's something that you've failed at it's a good question. I, I, <laughs> it's a great question because I, I literally have a thousand, a million answers. Um, I fail every day at a lot of things. So actually probably not every day, but I fail a lot. And, and I, don't, I don't like the word failure because it gives, it gives the wrong impression that it's not meant to happen, but it's meant to happen. You know, like we, we, we actually met through a dating company, right? And through that, I, 
I, I've had a little bit of a head start because I know that along the way you're going to get more rejections than you are going to get successes. But it's like the, the word rejection also sees it as uh, the individual not being good enough. But but what the real actual case is that it didn't work out this it didn't work out the way you hoped this time, and it's a learning experience. Mm. Um, and I think there have been some times where there have been some real dark times where I've actually wanted to throw in the tail and just quit table tennis. No doubt. Like I'm human just like anyone else. And I'm sure even the best in the world have had that. Like I remember in, um, after the Rio Olympics, I didn't go home because I got, I got offered to play in, um, to play in Germany. And at the time I was in uni and I want, and at the time I really wanted to live overseas and play table tennis full time. So even though my parents wanted me to come back and just finish my uni, I didn't enjoy uni either. So it was a great way to just keep traveling, keep while I'm young. They didn't see me as young when I was 23. They still don't, but I, I see myself as being quite young. So I thought now's the time to go and experience more travel and chase another Olympics and more and better myself, better my game because it's an ongoing process. But um, I started with a 1-0 record in, in the German league. Then I lost nine matches in a row, but all close. And my confidence was just shoot it like downwards it was just completely hit rock bottom and that was when i was like literally in my lying alone in my room in my apartment thinking like i'm just going to quit table tennis when i go back to australia live a normal life like normal not most people do and that's it and that's it i'm just never going to play again um and because i was in a different environment i was in out of the comfort zone which i know you've explored a lot on on your instagram and, and i wasn't in my comfort zone so i was secretly growing a lot but i wasn't realizing it that in the moment and i know like you just said literally we live in like how people talk about how we feel right now and how we we're so we're so accustomed now with social media and the way the world's changed to to just want a quick fix to just everything is now everything is now and um and, and often how emotions change non-stop so it was like i, I persisted through it because deep down i knew quitting was not the right choice it's just the stage that i'm going through i'm living in a different environment and um, the opponents I'm, I'm playing are better than they than they seem um so when i got back to australia i got rewarded I, I i finally started to become better than this guy that had been my rival and always been mm. one or two steps better than me like why, I finally why, did, after sorry, I said, why did you um so you mentioned that you wanted to quit throwing the towel in your house yeah. in your room on your own what what's what's that other voice that's telling you to keep going like what happened there the other voice was like um the, the other voice was saying no if i quit i'm just like all the other people that i don't want to be like or, you know, then, then I'm not really, I'm not living up to the, to the, you know, promise that I, that I promised myself that I'd at least try to do it. Mm. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to live with a lot of regrets if I just quit or, you know, I don't want to be a weak character. So I want to, I want to, I want to keep going because I'm not going to quit just because, just because I felt like throwing in the towel in that moment. Um, I'm better than that. That was a thoughts that I, that I had in that moment. Mm. Wow. Okay. And then you got back to, sorry, you got back to Australia and then the rival that you had and you, what happened? Yeah. So this guy, and this guy was, it's, it's been a funny journey because there's a guy who's literally going on the Olympic team with me and, um, and he, he's three years older, which is not a whole lot as you become adults. He'd always been, he'd always been that one or two steps better than me. It's like, no matter how much I improved when I, like I did my, I did my VC in China. I played full-time. I took a different route. And um, growing up, I was a... People knew I played table tennis. And in high school, I sort of... Um, people gave me respect for that. They supported me in school. But at the same time, I was very socially isolated. Um, 
as much as I am a person that loves to, to, to talk to people and be very social. And, um, you know, as juniors, he was always better. And I saw him as being older as we started to become adults, adults, adults. And when you're 20, you don't, you don't actually realize that you're really young, but I thought, Oh my God, I'm 20. And this guy's still better than me. What's going on? So everywhere I went, I, w- I would improve and I'd know I'd improve, but he would just improve again. Mm. So that pushed me to become better and better and better and better. And, but I, I hate it. It was so much pain seeing him be better than me. Um, but as, as I started to get older, I, like, I finally came back from Germany and I was like beating him. I never lost to him again after that. He um, was like your Federer to your Nadal or the vice versa. Like you Pretty watched, much. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And, um, and that was, and he'd taken a different route. He still plays very well, but he's, um, he's obviously, he's li- living more in his, in his personal career as a teacher. So he's still training a couple of times a week, but um, but now we've got an influx of kids who are like the most talented we've ever seen. Um, there's a 16 and 17 year old kid, and they're they're starting to become top four in Australia, and they're starting to they're they're already beating this guy, and they're who's going to the Olympics next time. They're not in the Olympic team this time, but you know they're already beating better than one of the players, at least one of the players that are coming with me to Tokyo. Mm. so you know in the lockdown it's been a long time and they've made huge steps forward as have i but now now i see myself like th- this guy was able to lift me to where i am until he couldn't anymore but now i've got a new bunch of kids that are that are um, giving me they're either giving me two they're giving me two options i can either just succumb to it except except that these kids are just going to be better than me but or i can take the other route that's like no i'm, I'm going to do what it takes to improve myself yeah and and make sure i stay on top of these guys so I've taken that route and I'm really happy that I am. And in that whole, in the whole COVID lockdown, I've just like made huge strides forward. There's something about that. Like I'm a coach as well. I've got a student who is an animal. The back of my mind, I'm like, there's something that grabs me. It just cannot accept that one of my students could be better than what I'm doing. I like, I don't know if it's an ego thing, but it's just, I feel like as a teacher, you should be able to be in front and lead. You know, like until that whole Mr. Miyagi Karate Kid one day it surpasses the teacher. But if you're still like, you know, passionate about what you're doing, like especially where you are being number one, it's like that constant drive. It's, you just, we like to say, add it to the fuel bucket. Yeah. So anything that has, that grabs at you is like, oh, like a person could get better. Just put in the fuel bucket. So I think about the next time I train. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a funny one, right? Because as, as we especially from an Asian background, it's different. It's like as a kid, I was always, and I'm sure you might've had the sim- a similar experience. Most Asians I talk to have that experience where, you know, you, you see you see your relatives, right? And you're expected yeah. to literally bow down to them. And, and, and it's fine. You should respect your elders. You should be a good guy. But it's literally like, it's a different system where, where they, it's a hierarchy where the mm. elders are above the youth. Mm. Whereas in Australia and Western cultures, it's quite different. It's like, yeah. It's like, well, you know, you're my teacher, but you still got to, you've still got to earn my respect. Mm. And, um, and, and I'm more of a believer in that. Yeah, yeah, the teacher has to lead, but the teacher is also a human who's mm. not always going to be 100% right all the time. And, um, and I'm sure, look, as a talentless coach, as a personal PT coach like yourself, um, yeah, I, I'm sure it's very important. I'm sure you feel it's very important as well to say, look, um, to, to be confident in what you know. Yeah. But it's like, stepping out of areas that you don't know it's like you want to really be honest there and say look i'm not sure yeah i would say that speaking about stepping into other areas i know a lot of high like like there was a report i remember reading it 
like tennis players, especially they spend so much time. And I think it comes down to the actual specific sport. It's not like footy or soccer where you have to do like 10, 20, 30 Ks of running. It's like a sport that you could probably train a lot longer than most sports, especially table tennis. Um, like how's, how is it, what's it like being at such a high level in your life? Obviously you're, you're single, right? So how do you navigate, you know, balancing dating relationships and still trying to be the very best you can be? But that part's, that part's definitely a lot harder. That part's definitely a lot harder than if I was living a, a more, let's say a more common lifestyle. I mean, I think, I think being in this, um, you know, being in the program that we were in and, uh, and as two people that have definitely taken control, are trying, are trying to work on this area of our lives. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's trickier in a way because I'm, I'm going to be spending most of my time traveling and, um, and training and all that and reaching towards um, a bigger purpose, right? But in, a, in another sense, it's a good thing because we're taking control of it. That's our number one priority rather than uh, I'm looking for someone to um, complete me. Yeah, I always find it very difficult because um, I was in a relationship where our purpose was pretty much the same thing. So it was kind of like, okay, we're doing the same thing here. Um, and then literally, for some reason, the business and the purpose of what we're doing, it became more important than the relationship and our intimacy. And now that like um, stepping out of that, navigating through a life of like being single when I have like, I haven't been here in a while, it's interesting to find you in the same like dating program because I was... I was like in a jungle. I didn't know what I was doing. The same, the same principles that I was using when I was 21 cannot apply when I'm a lot older now. <laughs> it's just not something that is not, I'm this totally different to where I was not nine years ago. Um, for you, like, how do you, yeah. Are you still looking for like a person that can accompany you? How do they fit into your lifestyle versus you fitting into their lifestyle? Are you exploring this area? But I know obviously you're two weeks out to the Olympics. So it'd be hard for you to like think about that stuff. Yeah, look, I've got a lot of, um, I've got a lot of things to say about that, but look, it's funny. It's funny that you said that you had someone who was in the exact industry as you, because I've had that thought. It's like, am I better off dating an athlete or like, did you, did you have, did you find that it was better dating someone who was in the gym or was it not necessarily that? It was that really not. Um, well, we've been friends for a long time. Um, and then we started, we worked really well together. I'm like, it's like yin and yang. It's just perfect combination to like drive people forward. I'm like, this is great. And then one day sporadically, things just got heated and we started getting intimate and I did not know that was going to happen. That was the furthest thing on my mind. So when that happened, everything just flipped on its head and then we explored that. Um, but I think us working on something together just gave a lot of foundation, a lot of like just like juice to what we were doing. Um, and yeah, so that, that's pretty much like, I looking back, I don't know if I could do that again, you know, you learn, you learn. So yeah. 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 No, I look, you, you learn exactly. So, I mean, I, I was in a pretty longish relationship back in 2009 and it was actually that, that, um, and the person who was, I was in a relationship was, and I really loved her and vice versa. Right. Um, and, and this person is, is very nice, is a very nice person, but it didn't work out in the end. And it wasn't throughout the relationships. You can go through different, different, uh, things, different emotions, different, uh, 
stages stages of your life as well and it's two people trying to coexist to coexist together so mm-hmm. it, it is really difficult no matter no matter what people say it's hard mm-hmm. um and it's sort of like when i grew up as a kid or even when i was in my earlier years i could only see the goal that was ahead yeah. i was like i just want to make the con game come off games this year or i just want to make this olympics i just want to be better than that guy i just want to you know because we live in the moment right as humans i just mm-hmm. i just want I just want to win this Australian singles championship one time. But then when you actually get that and you've ticked that off the, the let's say if it's level six on the, on the game, <laughs> once you've reached that level, then you see the, the unlocked, then you can unlock the, the hidden levels that are ahead. Then mm. you're like, hold on, what I actually can do more is that again, or maybe I can actually get this. So I guess having, um, having not much experience from this growing up, which most, I believe most guys don't have, a hell of a lot of experience in this um i thought i wanted one thing in a relationship because when i was younger in my teen years i I was thinking no i don't have time to have a girlfriend and all that but i'm sort of torn between was that an excuse to not um get good at socializing with women or was that an actual fact Mm. like looking back if i still was open to it back then would i still be as good as i am today at sport i don't know the answer is probably i think it's probably not but um but there came a point where i was like you know what if I see if I see an opportunity there, I'll I'll go and enjoy it. And then yeah. as time went on, at like literally from that relationship, I didn't uh, yeah I learned from it, and I didn't know how to get in one, how to be in a relationship, how to operate it. So in 2020 at the Olympic trials, it was it was mm. funny because in in the year 2019, I, I was in unbelievable form. Yeah. I literally not lost like I'd lost like one or two local matches the whole week, like including all the tournaments, big small. I'd literally lost like two matches and I'd won like over 50 hmm. so you know and i was the national singles champion that year i was the i qualified for another grand slam and, and it was just like i was just on cloud nine and it, and the ego got to a point where nobody could tell me nothing <laughs> my coaches would call me out on something that was clearly when i look back not good enough but i couldn't take criticism like hmm. at the time i was so i was so soft and i was so like single-minded it's like it's like why are you telling me this you know why would i change what i'm doing at all life you know, I, I've, I'm doing this and this and this. I'm getting this and this and this. And I didn't realize that I could be even better. And at the time, it was like the, the competition around me wasn't pushing me enough. Mm. And as, as 2020 hit, I, I just, you know, literally came back from overseas and fr- from, a, from a few grand slams. And I was on cloud nine again. <laughs> but I've gone through some relationship problems, which, you know, stuffs up your sleep. It, it puts, it clouds your mind with all these things that you don't really need to be present in. And half a lot of the mistakes was mistakes that I was causing without going into too much detail about that. That was impacting my, my table tennis at about, mm-hmm. at about the start of 20, end of 2019, start of 2020. And then the Olympic trials were in 2020 as well at, at the start of the year. So in the end, I, I didn't play good enough for, I didn't play good enough to how I wanted. And I also, there were factors that were influencing that. So, you know, having all that expectation too was like, these guys can't beat me, you know, and, and suddenly I didn't see them, those guys for a while. Suddenly they make a, made a huge leap from about, you know, late 2019 to the start of 2020. And um, in my mind, I had a horrible experience of the, the trials. Right. And I just I literally thought, is all this worth it? Am I doing the wrong things? Mm-hmm. Is it time for me to give up? Do I still have what it takes? Cause you go through those a lot. And, and as an athlete, I'm not at the retiring point or I'm not even close. Mm. I still feel a long time ahead of my career. And yeah. I love it. But at, the mo- at that moment in time, I thought they will literally have, those were the thoughts that were clouding through my head. Am I good enough? Do I have what it takes anymore? Is it time to hang it up? Um, but obviously 
deep down, deep down, you know, you should be, mm. you should be, you should be continuing, yeah. right? So COVID happened right after that, and yeah. that um, that obviously gave more time to to understand relationships, to to literally, I literally paid for online programs that were like five, six hundred bucks. But I mm. thought, you know, this is there's so much pain that I'm feeling because I don't understand relationships and it's causing problems that I want to fix it now. Mm. And, and I understood that ah, these these are things that I never got taught as a kid. No, no one teaches this that, stuff. Yeah, exactly. These are things that I never got taught, and that eventually led me led me to make the decisive decision that this relationship isn't working out. You know, it's better for both of us, no matter the pain we feel. It's better for both of us that we end it. And then, um, yeah, pretty much started on the journey that we're on now. Yeah, which is so interesting because high level athletes they come with an ego, right? But like. In this day and age, that's why I love doing long form podcasts because you get to see the other side. And like I watch and consume lots of podcasts like Jordan, Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan. And then you hear like, how do I, how am I going to explain this? There's this other side that people don't talk about. It's very taboo. It's like, oh, most of these people see a therapist. <laughs> most high level people in like i know so many high level people what they do they see a therapist they get coaching in other areas of their life i mean it only makes sense when you're so singular focus and in one area other things are going to drop and it's not your fault you just didn't experience that because you're spending so much time on your craft you know so do you feel like um, because you have such a high standard for the way you train the way you play the way you compete is it the same type of principles you put towards your uh relationship life and your dating life i guess so look i am um i've started i've started to go out and um try to take control of this area of my life starting literally at the start of this year january like january 10 i started um and and i realized like this is actually it was such a breakthrough when i realized that this is actually this is not like something that Sure, some people have it better because, you know, there's less internal dialogue. It's funny because internal dialogue is a big concept that I've been thinking about in the last, you know, week or so. Um, in table tennis, I, I had all this internal dialogue. If I lose this guy, I, and I didn't realize it was happening. It was all in my subconscious mind because I, I didn't know how to control this stuff and actually work on it. It's like I, I would tell myself consciously, no, nah, look, if I lose, if I win, then this, if I, this is what I want. If I lose, I don't care. You know, I don't care what other people think. But deep down, we, all, we always will. We always will care what yeah. other people have to say. I, I love to piggyback on what you said. Anyone, everyone has an internal dialogue. Everyone has a story that they say. Um, and in this day and age, we're so distracted with so many things that could um, give us that false narrative. So there's a lot of... I've been to the spiritual side. I've been to like, uh, like yoga barn in Bali, did a whole bunch of meditation and went all spiritual. And then I ground myself again. And I realized, okay, what's the truth. Okay. So you can say things and you can have all these fancy positive words in front of you and say, Oh, I am confident. I am amazing. I'm me. I'm happy. If you're not working on the shit as a man, as you know, if you're not working on the stuff that you know, you need to be working on, through time and losses and you know you're you're hearing from a like a world-class athlete that he loses every day and that's the reason why he's so great at what he does it's just the ongoing thing it's not something that you can talk into existence it's something that you have to do to provide that real life evidence that you can exactly yeah. exactly and and that's that's sort of what the world kind of um because obviously tv tv has an agenda they want more viewers they want more business and i get that um 
but you know they sort of try to cover these things up they want to they want to tell you that especially as a man with feminine with feminist feminism coming through and and i believe in people having equal opportunity mm. but you know men and women are very different and they they go around on tv telling you it's okay it's okay to be soft it's okay to be average it's okay to um to quit it's okay to, they tell you a lot of things you know it's okay to be broke as broke as hell but really it's not like the people that know better they know that you know the real the real help that people need to be getting it's hard to find these days because of, because of the internet right there's a lot of people out there who are good but then there's also people who can appear good but they can mislead you with wrong information and they're online they're packaged with you know they're packaged online with money just the same so you know and m- most people don't go and find self-help mm. but it's like if you believe what you see on tv then you're, re- you're, li- you're literally just following the crowd and you know you're not really taking that step to control this stuff and yeah. really the world really the world is limitless like what you can achieve as a human is it's I, I reckon people fear yeah. people fear success more than they actually fear failure i, I actually mm-hmm. like finally understood that a while ago i understood that statement like people aren't willing to people are more afraid of what they have to go through to get success rather than what actually happens if you don't succeed. Mm. People are not really scared what happens if you don't succeed. They're scared of the things you have to go through if if you want to, the kind of shit that you have to deal with, the people's judgment <laughs> that you have to deal with. Isn't and it's, and it's hard like that because it's like, it's not meant to be easy. But you know, like, um, so, so what, oh yeah, f- with internal dialogue, um, yeah, back back with internal dialogue. I used to be that player that used to piss everyone off because I used to just take so much time in between points, wipe the table a hundred times, even if there was a, a small dust dust mite on the on the floor. I'd literally stop the game just to just to take it away, and I didn't yeah. realize. I thought this is like people should take their time to think um, before every point, and you should. But then I start the, the same people who were complaining about me taking too much time. Recently, when I play him again in matches, I started to feel, oh my God, this guy's taking his time like crazy. But then I realized, okay, it's just all internal dialogue. It's, it's internal dialogue subconsciously that if, if I don't win, I'm going to be disappointed with myself. You're already seeing the future results. Whereas now I'm able to meditate and be more present. Mm. I, just, I just play. I literally just do my thinking if I have to. But I just literally, when I'm ready mentally, when I've thought it out, just play the next point. I don't feel the need to have to go and do all these obsessive compulsive compulsions because i don't have as much of that internal dialogue i've just got that that presence that singular focus on what i want to do now mm. and that's helped a lot so i guess in in terms of um in terms of going out and being better with women and taking more being better in my dating life i i try to see it as the same it's a skill that i need to build up you know some people are naturally better when they're kids they don't have as many people telling them that you're not okay you've got to assume that people hate you some people are just naturally more um they, they, they've got less internal dialogue, negative internal dialogue. So for those guys, it'll be a bit easier, but with anyone, it's not like something you can get in a day. It's a mm. skill that needs to be built up over time. Mm. And I think those, those will those will enable me, like a lot of people who go on this path quit as well, but this yeah. will be something that, you know, this will be something that stops me from quitting because I don't have a quit a quitter's mindset. Mm. Wow, that's, that's freaking great. I think so many lessons can be learned from just this podcast alone. I know that like after the Olympics, I'm getting you back on, man. You can tell me about the gold shiny medal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this is the end. So I want to go over a a segment we call rapid fire questions. So one word or one short sentence, that first thing that comes up to your mind 
um, when I ask you, okay? I love these. Let's, let's do it. Bring it on. Okay. Uh, one lesson that has helped you most throughout your career? Uh, one lesson that's helped me most in my career is to... It's uh, a good one. That's a hard one to answer, actually. Um, or, damn, put me on the spot here. Um, or, always always believe you can beat the, beat the guy. Always the other guy's a human like you. Mm, mm, okay, beautiful. If you could create a law that everybody had to follow, what would that be? Um, that would be to figure out what you want in whatever it is you do. Because no, not many people take that seriously. Start with the end goal and understand that there'll be rope, there'll be obstacles along the way, just like any game. And you're gonna you're gonna do whatever it takes to get there, no matter how long it takes, no matter what it takes. Mm, beautiful. Um, what is something that you know to be true, but other people don't? Uh, other people disagree with you on um that i'd say that uh that people that social media in has benefits and disadvantages mm-hmm. how do you okay this is off topic but like how do you use social media not social like social media use you to understand understand what it, the thing actually is figure mm-hmm. out what it is that you want to achieve from that and then um understand when you know the, the negative patterns literally when you get getting on um social media and just wasting a lot of time understand what that is mm. and then plan it out so you don't so you can avoid that mm. it's a real thing like there's a documentary on netflix talking about how people at silicon valley spend 24 7 of their time thinking about how they can grab your attention that's what they do that's their life purpose how can i grab these people's attention whether to make money or just have more influence and power like this is what's happening to the world right now um who are your sources for inspiration at the moment well i love tennis so rafa nadal is definitely a, a huge one and um Yes, some of the some, some of the people that are on uh, personal development courses, John Demartini is a is a lovely one. Um, also, yeah, some some of the dating coaches as well, like um, you know, some of the dating coaches that that I've had, they're it links to life, so they're they're really inspiring in how they just can show you the map of how to get how to become have a good successful mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the worst advice you've ever been given? the worst advice that I've ever been given is to assume um, when you talk to people, always assume, always assume that um, you're bothering them. Always assume that you need to excuse yourself and that unless you behave in a super nice way that they're just automatically going to dislike you and you have to avoid that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Don't be that super nice guy or a pushover for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, man. That was great. Uh, I could, we can go on, man. Like we went way over where we thought we would, but I was so like, like there's so many lessons here that I actually genuinely, cause I've interviewed so many people last week. Like these are new things um, that just expands the conversation of just all things great, all things pushing forward. Um, and I, I know it's very inspiring to people listening at home. So thank you so much, man. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you, brother. No, thanks so much for having me, man. I hope that, uh, I hope that just as many people as possible get get some value out of this even if it just helps one person then great we've achieved what we wanted legend thank you so much ham all right dude take it easy man